Max, you know what's scary? What? Spooky season. Oh, it's coming up. It is. It's here. It's the middle of October. You Dang sh- it, man. You know what's not scary? Huh. Happy hours and their sweet, sweet deals. That's a good point. You know, you know who's got a great happy hour? The handlebar. You're right. You know this already. I know the details. I know that it's seven days a week. I know it's from the hours of two to six. I know you get a dollar off all their draft beers. And just in case you listening don't know this part, I also know their address, which is 2070 East 20th Street. Again, spooky season is coming right up. And if you want to feel right at home in spooky season, you can find some very, very cool Fresh Hop Cinema spooky coasters scattered around that wonderful establishment. Again, that is the Handlebar 2070 East 20th Street. Go check out their terrific happy hour. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Yes, it is Fresh Hop Cinema. That's a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show. It's a weekly thing where we tell you what we're watching, what we're drinking, and and maybe hopefully give you some good recommendations of ways to do the same. My name's Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. This week, our review of Dumb Money. It's the new movie from director Craig Gillespie. Have we decided on Gillespie or Gillespie? Let's go with Gillespie. I agree. Chronicling the infamous GameStop stock squeeze that took place uh, a few months into the pandemic a couple years ago. Amongst others, the film features performances by Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Anthony Ramos, America Ferreira, and Pete Davidson. But before we give you our thoughts on that, Johnny, tell the listeners what we're drinking this week. We're going to be drinking beers from Single Hill Brewing out of Yakima. 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 I think we each get one per episode. Yakima. Gillespie, Yakima. Yakima, Washington. Uh, Our first beer is called Sight Glass. It's a hazy pale ale that's 5.4%. And beer number two is called Lateral A. It's an IPA that is 7%. Hopefully it's a West Coast IPA. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Saturday afternoon. On the radio version of our show today, you're going to be hearing our episode almost in its entirety, which will eventually include spoilers for Dumb Money. That said, those spoilers won't be until about 4.30. On the other hand, you could go see the movie and then just listen to our show in podcast form, which, in addition to our beer reviews and thoughts on the film, also includes the always unpredictable, always a lot of fun, Hot and Bothered segment, which is exclusive, of course, to our podcast listeners. That's how we end the show each week by catching up with each other, discussing everything from the latest shows we've been streaming that we might recommend to fun beers we've tried off the air. It's anybody's guess. And you're going to find all that. You want to do that? You should go search Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. We have released new episodes every Friday from twenty since 2016, which means it's available to all of you listening on KZFR right now. If you like the show, please go take five seconds and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Definitely let us know that you did that. Text us to brag or with feedback about the show or movie suggestions, beer reviews, all that good stuff. The number is 530-433-0839. Again, the podcast number is 530-433-0839. To hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to the website, freshhopcinema.com. All right, let's talk Patreon. It's very fitting, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Let's talk about why it's cool first and then tell people what it is. It's cool because we just had a Patreon bar hang. We um, 
you know what? I'm even jump a couple hours before that. We sat down with a patron of ours. I like that you waited for the ice clink until the Patreon segment. Yep. Did you do it on purpose? Because yep. this doesn't make the radio. Yep. <laughs> um, we sat down with our patron, um, Chris Gomez, and we talked about a film called Possessor, which is a movie from director David Cronenberg that Johnny and I covered on the show in December. We didn't? It's not David. Oh, it's not. It's Brandon? Yep. Brandon Cronenberg that Johnny and I covered on the show uh, on December 12th, 11th, 11th um, 2020. Uh, it's a body horror film, and I really loved it when it came out, much to Johnny's surprise. Truthfully, much to my own surprise. And Chris saw it, um, I think, a few months ago for the first time. So last time we sat down to talk with him about a film called Beyond the Black Rainbow. We picked this because um, it was going to be the first time we all sat down and talked about a movie we had all seen. It ended up being like an hour-long conversation. We kind of dissected the movie literally as the plot played out, but then also what we thought about it. And um, my opinion changed about the movie a little bit. The point is, it was a great conversation, which is available to you now um, if you're a Patreon subscriber. And then we went straight to the handlebar for an awesome bar hang um, where we disseminated some of our spooky Halloween-themed stickers and coasters, had a couple beers, talked a lot about movies. So shout out to everybody who was at that. It was a blast. Now, all that anticipation, Johnny, in case anybody doesn't know and wants to, what is Patreon? Well, it's a way to keep this podcast rolling. It's you giving us gold and us being better because of it. And then you being better because of it because you feel good about yourself. That's true. Uh, yeah. So you can give you know a dollar an episode up to $38 million an episode. Yep. It's really up to you. It's a sliding scale based on your income. Uh, but yeah, every little bit helps and you get all kinds of fun bonus content. We have been recording bonus content for the whole time we've been doing this pretty much. We pretty started much. the Patreon very early it was like on. three months in. Yeah, so if you're caught up on podcasts and you just want to go back and listen to more content from us, yeah, a lot more candid, a lot more uncensored, a lot more wild. There's some, some there's some stuff. If you there's to, some stuff. There's at this point we've hosted it on two different places. Like the past year and a half or two years, it's been on our website. Mm -hmm. So you can go and you can log in. Um, if you've joined Patreon, you'll have the access code. But if you've listened through the past two years of bonus content, you will then have to go to Patreon. That's where we used to upload it. Um, and we did a segment we called Six Fantastic Facts with Johnny and Max, where we'd tell you facts about a movie. We did 30-second um, synopses, which turned into like 15-minute talking about a random movie. Mm -hmm. There's, I'm sure there's so many other segments oh, yeah. we did. I mean, beer reviews. We oh, yeah, did of course. All the whole movie-making production series. Oh, I yeah. That's still we technically going on. We haven't done it in a long time. We haven't done it in a year, but it's still It's going. on our website. Like That's yeah. still on like the, the modern-day right. stuff. Yeah, and lately we've been just doing a bunch of episodes with patrons and then also bonus reviews. Yeah. We did some beer reviews, hard seltzer we've reviews. We've been slacking lately. We've done like one a month, Yeah, and we used to do it every week, but we'll we'll get back onto that track, I think, probably in yeah. the next couple months. Makes sense. Um, anyways, to, to find out more about that, you go to patreon.com and then throw a little slash in there, type in Fresh Hop Cinema. You'll find all the info. It's super easy to sign up. Um, and if you want to give us a dollar a week, cool. If you want to give us 10 a week, also cool. Cool either way. What's not cool is not going to that website. You don't have to sign up, but go check it out. I think it's worth your time. Do it. That's housekeeping out of the way. Johnny Summers, like you said earlier, we are drinking beers from Single Hill. And Single Hill is a brewing uh, a, a brewing company, a brewery, if you will. Um, very community-centered in the gorgeous town of Yakima, Washington. Uh, let me set the scene for you. In the fall, the air is crisp with the whisper of an icy winter ahead. Fire pits glow. I love that you're like sniffing and getting in the mood. Fire pits glow against the burning light of a starry sky and the smells of the Yakima Valley wine, apples, obviously most notably hops, waft into your nose as you cross the patio, walk past the dog run, and enter into the stylishly repurposed, I think, mechanic shop that is Single Hill Brewing. 
If you stroll in on a Saturday night, you're just as likely to walk in on a local high school's 50-year reunion as you are to find a group of, I'm going to say Yakimites, cheering on their favorite local soccer team, Go Sounders, out of Seattle. If you were there on the right night, though, you'd also find me playing live music. I visited Single Hill for the first time a few weeks ago at the end of September when I was on tour, and because of a local high school's 50-year reunion and a very exciting soccer game, we pushed my start time later into the evening than we had originally planned. Because of this, I may have had a few extra beers before my show. And after tasting those beers, I was inspired to bring some of them back to drink with you, Johnny, and for our listeners. So with that said, the beers on our show today are not available locally just yet, but the next time I'm in that neck of the woods, I promise to bring back some of these beers, if and only if you, sir, think they are as good as I do. Well, we're about to find out. What's beer number one? <laughs> You're winded. I am. I yeah, really... that was a lot. <laughs> beer number one is called Sightglass. It's a hazy IP, or hazy pale. Right. Bef- can we just stop there? Because we it's one of the least frequently drank styles on the show that you've pointed out. You're like, we've not done a lot of these. Yeah, the last time we did one, we're like, whoa. Right. Do you remember what that was? Nope. I do. They're not memorable. No. Well, there was one, dude. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. It was from Good Life Brewing, Mm. and it was called Sippy Cup, and it was actually right down the middle. We both gave it like a five Absolutely fine. Totally fine. Yeah. So this one, they say, is going to be fresh. Hopefully, it's actually fresh. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be citrusy, orange rind, and pineapple. This hazy finishes light and fruity, inviting sip- after sip. Love it. Yeah, after after the show, we, we picked these beers out, and, and Shelby, the one that hooked me up with this, uh, said this is one of their go-tos, one of their flagship beers. Okay. Um, I did get some information from Untapped, and I don't recall even having a feeling about how many numbers, like who had drank it or how many. Um, but I do get the impression that it was very popular, at least for people that were at the brewery. Nice. Like in that area? Yeah, definitely. Do they get much distribution? Are I, don't, they... I didn't really get into the nuts and bolts of it, um, but I, I'm i not sure. Like, I, did you see them or at like other bars or anywhere in Washington? Man, we were driving around so much, mm. so I can't say for sure. Like I think the next day I drove three hours away, which is a pretty, pretty a far drive day. for like a distribution yeah. net. Um, but I'm sure it's around local places, but... Um, if I remember right, I, well, no, they got cans. They didn't like can this just for me. Sure. I do have a couple of places that uh, gave me crowlers to go cause they didn't do cans. Mm. So they're, yeah, they were by no means like a tiny brewery. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've never had them down here. Right. So let's get into this. Let's do it. You've tried it. I have initial thoughts. It's really just approachable. Mm-hmm. Super chill beer. It's not crazy bitter, not crazy sweet. Some people might call that underwhelming. I would say it's just super approachable, definitely on the mellow side. Yes. Mellow in, in every way. It's, you know, I love that it's not too sweet. Uh-huh. Don't love that it's not hoppier, but it's also yeah. not overbalanced by sweetness. Mm-hmm. Just a ch- chill. This beer feels very chill. It's very, great, like, yep. mellow, like, easy drinking, mm-hmm. nothing really wrong with it. Yeah. No. I mean, that's my first impression, too. And I, I, I can say with... I think a fair bit of confidence. I didn't have this particular beer the night that I performed. Um, I know I had another hazy IPA. I had um, a Pilsner, I believe, and, and maybe one other. But I never had this. And none of none of the other beers that I had were trying, or at least gave me the impression of attempting to be too aggressive. They were all very smooth drinking, kind of go with the flow. Like, and and this one's no different. I agree. This is very approachable, very mellow. If this, if you were the brewery setting out to make. Um, you know, a beer for people to have in stock and to and to drink many of on a weekend or whatever night you choose mm-hmm. to drink or day. Um, this would be a good way to start. Like I'm, I'm, I'm into this. I'm looking forward to my second sip, which I yeah. haven't had yet. No, it's nice. I um, immediately was curious if you brought back more. So that's a good testament to the the quality. Because yeah, I'm 
I'm into it. It's not blowing me away, right? It's Fair not going to change my life. It's not a 10, it, but it's it's just really solid. Yeah. Like I would say if this is your flagship beer, I have respect for your brewery, mm-hmm. and I'm intrigued by what else you can do. Dude, we've talked about this phenomenon a little bit, which is the idea of a local – We I don't think we've coined a phrase, but we really should – like the local go-to, like if, if this is your hometown brewery and this is the beer that they offer up consistently year round and this is it, like, I think you're happy. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I think I'd be happy with this, um, for, I'm assuming we might have a few Yakima listeners. Um, and as a reminder, we're in Chico and I'm sure, you know, if you're a beer person, even if you're in Yakima, we have Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, a huge brewery. And I think if it, the tap room, the Sierra Nevada tap room is, is I, I love it there. I think it's great. The beers are good. I th- like some people love, love, love pale ale. Mm-hmm. I don't love, love, love. I think it's good. Um, but if I could have a beer more like this, that it, that speaks more to the, I'll say like newer craft beer palette mm-hmm. rather than sort of the old school Sierra Nevada Lagunitas kind of almost malt forward IPAs and pale ales, mm-hmm. I would be pretty, pretty jazzed. And I'll also say that their tap room at Single Hill is pretty lovely to hang out at too. So I'm, I'm into this. Nice. No, yeah. It, it feels... Like they would be lucky, especially if this is a small town. Would you say where is it? Single Hill. Yeah, no. it's in Yakima. Uh, um, in Yakima, how Yakima, big is Yakima? Yakima is the fifth largest town in Washington. It's got ninety eight thousand people. I don't know why that's in my brain, and that's I'm pretty a, sure that's right. That's, that's a city. At that that's point. off the cuff. Yeah, but Chico at this point is one twenty. Yeah. Ooh, is that right? Ish after the fire. Yeah, Chico jumped from about seventy to or ninety to like one twenty. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they're smaller than we are, mm-hmm. but that's still a good size. It totally is. And and obviously they're in the Yakima Valley, which is one of the largest places that hops are grown um, in America, mm-hmm. if not the world. Um, so th- there's plenty of breweries around, so there's no shortage there. But but it does feel like a small town. At least, uh, you know, I was in town for a few hours, but uh, my exposure to that town was a very community-based kind of vibe. And the brewery speaks to that quite a bit on their website about being a community-driven brewery. So I like that. Also, I feel like this is the kind of can design that you're into, I feel like. I like it. I mean, it's not, do you have one on the table? It's not nightmare brewing style, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's like the geometric. It's easy on the eyes. It's, yeah. You know what you're getting right away. Mm-hmm. That that always makes me happy too. It's like, I see exactly what I'm getting. Um, I'm a big fan of fun artwork too, and this isn't necessarily that. No, it reminds me of a merman. I could see that. Like the, it's specifically like Aquaman's pants. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for people that don't have it in front of them, it's, let's say like ocean colored theme. There's like blues and there's, um, what do you call this color? It's an ocean color. Seafoam? Yeah. That was more specific than I was going for, but like, oh. you know, like an aquamarine kind of. Yeah. Um, and little sort of concentric uh, diamonds interlaced around each other. They're either like weirdly shaped scales. Yeah, like a mutant fish. Or it's looking over like grasslands and fields from an airplane. Or through a sight glass. Or through a sight glass. Might be more apropos. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You want to go back in for another sip and, and nitpick anything here? Sure. Because uh, I'm going to go back and do the same because I'm with you. Like, it's not necessarily blowing me away, but there's nothing jumping out to me. It's like, oh, that's off-putting. I'm really, really liking it. No, it's really good. I don't think I have anything bad to say about it. Um, You know, by that logic, then what makes it not a 10? Totally. It's just vibe. It's yeah, just, it's not, it's not blowing me away. Uh, but there has to be a 10 of, for me, the way I rate beers, there has to be a 10 of hazy pale ales at some point. There must be. This isn't it. Okay, uh, fair enough. But- it's close. Where so so, okay. Let me, I agree. Let's pick this up in just a moment. Mm-hmm. I think this is great. I'm very very confident. It's fresh. I was there on September 29th. We're recording this on October 11th. 
I'd be willing to bet this was canned within a week that yeah, I was there. I could see it that. tastes that way. It smells super fresh. Um, it's very easy drinking. I'm I'm gonna rate it and then I'm gonna pick up our conversation because for me it's a nine. Yeah. It's very good. But there is something missing and there's something that is intangible, almost unattainable about a 10 that you can't quite put into words or even fully justify day to day. A yeah. 10 can be different from one day sometimes. Sometimes that beer just hits you right. And and I think for me, where I draw the line is if I can't find something wrong with it, but it isn't a 10, it has to be a nine. I can't yeah. find if, if I cannot tell you anything I don't like about it. Mm -hmm. There's just a little zhuzh missing. Right. Then that's a nine in my book. Yeah, that's when it goes from the actual craftsmanship to just the subjectivity of of rating things yes. in an opinion based way. Because mm -hmm. as they say, there's no accounting for taste. They do they say sure. It's a good saying. Do they say that? It's a very common turn of phrase. Great. Yeah. Well, where I'm curious where you draw this line. Um, no, I agree. I was immediately thinking, you know, mid to high eights, like right off the bat, like there's just nothing offensive about it. It's super well made and it feels like an eight, eight all so, day. So I'm wondering where, like, where do you draw? Like, why not a nine then? Like, cause I, I understand just, why not a 10. I get it like, it just have to get me more excited. Like it's, it's, it's too chill. I think it's a victim of its own success okay. in being too mellow, too chill. I just, I would buy a case of it and mm -hmm. have it in my fridge for a while. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I would make an effort to like trade for. All I wouldn't right. go. Out. So it's one of those ones where I'd get in the car to go get it. You know, I'd go farther than the corner. That's store. a long drive. Well, yeah. I mean, like in general, I think about you know anything over an eight, you're gonna travel for. Or yeah, sure. some distance, mm -hmm. right? And what is some distance? Like I would say twenty minutes. 30 no, minutes, my an rule hour? is like ninety minutes. Okay. Like Sacramento. over an, over an eight, you're traveling ninety minutes yeah. for it. Like if if this was released and I was headed that way or I happened to be mm -hmm. in Sacramento, mm -hmm. I would make a detour. Sure. Uh, especially if it's not available near me. So that that bumps it up over an All eight. Right. But I think over a nine, it's that gets into I'm going to buy it. I'm going to tell everyone about it. I am hyped on it. And it doesn't get me hyped. It gets me really excited to drink. And if you have more cans, I'm gonna steal one. But it's sure. not it's just not elite. And I don't know if a hazy pale ale ever would do that for I, me. For you, I'm not sure that it would. But in the in the world of hazy pale ales, this one is top tier. All right, it's an 8.9 for you. It's a 9 for me. Once again, if you're listening on the radio, I'm going to remind you, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've somehow tried Sight Glass, or maybe you're listening in Yakima and you've definitely tried this, and um, you think we got it wrong, maybe maybe you hate this beer. Maybe you think it's the shame of Yakima. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you would, but, but be let us take. know. Yeah, yeah, give us your hot take. Um, you can leave us a voicemail if you want, if you're really fired up, or you can send a text. Our number is 530-433-0839 because positive or negative, we do love feedback. Um, again, that number is 530-433-0839. And hey, if you like the show, help us out and just take two seconds, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. It only takes a couple seconds, and it's one of the most effective ways to help get our show in front of new potential listeners. Incoming is a trailer for Dumb Money. If you haven't seen it yet, fear not. There are no spoilers in our next segment, so don't go anywhere. Yo, what up, everybody? Roaring Kitty here. I'm gonna pick a stock and talk about why I think it's interesting, and that stock is GameStop. I love this guy. Retail traders have hooked into GameStop. I think they think it's a good investment. It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. Who is this schmuck? Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. Wall Street is betting that this company is gonna fail. 70,000 people have watched this video. Kitty, I love you! 
If he's in, I'm in. If he's in, I'm in. GameStop, those shares not stopping. Those stock is only gonna go up. When they hit, I'm gonna buy you a mansion. Wall Street must be seeing this, right? Babe, how much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. And yesterday? Four million. And yesterday? A billion. You got rich dudes pissing in their pants right now. They're coming after you. We need to talk about the GameStop situation. Retail traders always lose. <laughs> You've been served. Wall Street cheated. Surprise, surprise. You have to testify before Congress. The game has changed. A lot of people feel the system is broken. The whole idea of the stock market is if you're smart and maybe with a little luck you can make your fortune. Certainly not anymore. There's no hope for the little guy. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer, film, and stock trading. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're sadly going to be missing out on some gold that's available exclusively to our podcast listeners. So if you'd like to hear the whole episode, you can go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It's currently available for your streaming pleasure. So at the end of this, if you're just dying to know what all the hot and bothered fuss is about, Please go have a listen. All right. So this is a true story. It's Again, that was a trailer for Dumb Money. Uh, and here's the internet synopsis that everyday people flip the script on Wall Street and get rich by turning GameStop into one of the world's hottest companies. In the middle of everything is Keith Gill. This is Paul Dano in this movie. A regular guy who starts it all by sinking his life savings into the stock. When his social media posts start blowing up, so does his life and the lives of everyone following him. Uh, as a stock tip becomes a movement, Everyone gets wealthy until the billionaires fight back and both sides find their worlds turned upside down. It was directed by Craig Gillespie. He is the director of Lars and the Real Girl, uh, an old Ryan Gosling film that I freaking love. Uh, he also directed I, Tanya with Margot Robbie back in 20, I want to say 17 possibly. Um, and the remake of, actually it's not a remake, but Cruella with Emma Stone uh, in 2000 and maybe 21. This film was written by Lauren Shukerbloom and Rebecca Angelo. And like I said, it stars Paul Dano as Keith Gill. Do you remember his internet streaming name? Uh, Roaring Kitty? Yeah. Okay. Um, his brother, Kevin, is played by Pete Davidson. You also have Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman playing some big wig money boys. Um, who else? Sebastian Stan shows up as the founder of Ro or one of the co-founders of Robin Hood. The, the, well, we'll get into it. Uh, Vlad Tenev. And this came to theaters on September 15th after... Uh, I believe screening at the Toronto Film Festival maybe two weeks before. It runs an hour and 44 minutes. And well, let's get into it. Let's go. What did you think of this? Well, man, I was very aware of all this when it was happening. I, I frequent. Okay, me too. Reddit. Okay. Uh, so I was kind of following it. You know, right in real time. So this story feels very fresh to me still. And you're a Reddit guy in general. Yes. Okay. So it, it felt very fresh. And I, I was wondering to myself if it was a movie that needed to get made. Like it was... Ever or like this recently? This, this, this is soon. too soon. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, is this too soon? Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was good, not great. I thought that it never really got to that next level of being super engaging. Okay. I thought it was a very kind of surface level, a little bit shallow of a movie. It felt a little flashy and they relied a bit too much on popular music and like, you know, the soundtrack to like yeah. give it feeling. And it just, it was 
fine. I mean, I liked Paul Dano. Uh-huh. I, I, he was good. But it was just – it felt very mediocre. Like it's a, okay. it's a good story that needs to get told. And I thought that they could have done more and made it feel almost a bit more like grandiose. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they put some effort into making it feel like it was something that was – getting like really getting accomplished and they were making mm-hmm. a difference in the world and, and throwing some stones in the placid lakes of billionaires yeah. and their lobster dinners. But sure. it was, it didn't strike me as super memorable. I mean, there was other than Paul Dano and even his role was not super memorable. You mean his performance? Yeah. 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 It's just, it's one of those movies I think I enjoyed. It was fine. Completely adequate. Probably never going to watch it again. Okay. It's not really going to stick with me. Out of ten, it's like a six-two. All right. Um, I recently rewatched The Big Short. Okay. Which is, um, if you're unfamiliar, a, a film that came out in like 2012, maybe yeah. 2013, about the 2008 housing financial crisis. Didn't it win Best Picture. I don't know. I think it did. It's possible. You could find out. That would be very helpful. But that was a movie that also came out really, really soon after the thing that it was depicting. Yeah. And. That movie is great, I think. I think it's 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 got Christian Bale, it's got um I mean it's got a bunch of people that I'm blanking on at the moment. Um Steve Carell's in it, uh Ryan Gosling's in it, Margot Robbie shows up in a very brilliant cameo, I think. Um if you could also remind me of the director of that, Johnny, that would be really helpful. Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Um, but it's a movie that came out that explained or or it was almost like it was the movie version of one of those something for dummies books, you know, it was like the, the financial crash of 2008 for dummies. And it, it used this really fast paced, engaging movie making style that allowed for everyday people to, who, who are in no way financial experts to kind of understand what happened. Mm. And I would say that movie was more on the nose than this one is as in terms of like trying to explain it to its viewers. It was very clear that movie was like, Hey, listen up, you idiots. Here's what's going on. But this that's the only other movie I can think of that kind of has a similar tone. This one's much more an underdog movie, which I'm a sucker for. Mm. I was also plugged into this when it was happening because I was all aboard the Doge cord, the Dogecoin train. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd spent um, quite a bit of money uh, on that. I probably put like $1,000 in a Dogecoin during the pandemic. Nice. I was like, ah, this will be great. And even though I wasn't on Reddit, I did – like this viscerally took me back to like scrolling through like random stuff, like seeing some of the – the interfaces of Robin Hood, like it really, and they also captured the pandemic vibe really well, Mm -hmm. which a lot of movies have kind of hinted at, but I can't think of a ton of movies that have taken place in the pandemic that like, certainly there's been a lot of movies about immediate lockdown. Like there's been a lot of like two actor movies Mm -hmm. in one location, but this took place in like the end of the first year. So like the world was like kind of waking up and there's a lot of different people um, that this movie tries to encapsulate like you have a GameStop employee, you have a nurse, you have um, uh, there's a few others, a couple college students, a couple college like students, that. a great example. Yeah. So it captured like the zeitgeist of that moment, which I think is a really tricky thing to do and seem genuine about because a lot of the movies that attempt to retell any type of historical happening are so far removed that it kind of loses the vibe. Yeah. Well, and you lose the memory of it. Too. Totally. That adds to the vibe. Absolutely. So I think number one, this movie did that really well. It also, for people that didn't have a clearer understanding of what was happening with the GameStop stock, clarified that pretty well. I agree with you on performances. Nothing's crazy here. Like, 
it's it's one of those movies where it's like they show you the footage of the real people when the credits roll, yeah. and it ends up making the performances feel like some form of caricature. They're just trying to impersonate the actual person. Mm-hmm. That said, it's also a pretty funny movie. Like I mentioned Seth Rogen's in this, Nick Offerman, and he, t- he says the word government in this once or twice, which mm-hmm. gives me a chuckle from Parks and Rec. I just yeah. think he's good at doing that. Um, Pete Davidson, who I don't normally like, had some pretty funny lines. He's like the burnout brother of of our main guy who's like still living at home. It, it's just a movie that captures a moment, and I think it does a really good job at that. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that moment does need to be time-capsuled and stamped for forever, I'm not sure. But I think it was a good movie. I liked it more than you. Uh, I enjoyed the whole time watching it. I will probably watch it again in the future. Um, so I'm going to give it like a seven. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. That's where I'm at on this All thing. right. Where do you want to go from here? That's our initial thoughts. Well, I think you should... Maybe for if people haven't seen it, yeah, just give a quick like a thirty second. What the heck was up with the GameStop stock? Like, why did this movie even? get You are gonna have me do this? Yeah. All right, because I don't want to. Okay. Well, I, I thought we were gonna get out of it. All right. We, here's, we don't have to. No, let's. I mean, it's good. We have a weird amount of time before we have to go to a quick break before spoilers. So, basically, there's there's a lot of terms that get thrown at you in movies like this, and mm-hmm. and the big one for this. It's is the short. It's the it's the short sell the short sale of of a particular stock, and all that basically is, is, in this case, like Seth Rogen's character, um, whose name I can't remember, but he's. Could you find the name of yeah. that financial institution? Because it's it's historically correct. I think it's like, it's not Percival, but it's like that. Um, his he, he and his financial institution. He's like a guy that's worth like four hundred million dollars, and he thinks that GameStop is a stock that is not doing so well. So his idea is to borrow those stocks from another entity. Could be a client's portfolio. It could be another company. So he borrows those stocks when the you know stock is at any any given point monetarily. So maybe it's a hundred bucks. He borrows those stocks, promises to pay them back or give them back rather. Then because he thinks he knows something about this stock, that stock price hopefully goes down. Then it, let's say it goes down to fifty bucks. He gives those stocks back, but now they are worth you know, half the price and he keeps that profit that he originally borrowed them for. That was happening with a lot of these bigger financial institutions. Like Melvin Capital. Melvin, not Percival. Don't know why I combined those. But yeah. Um, Butler names. I guess, yeah. Um, Whatever. So that was happening. And then one dude, in this case, Keith Gill, was plugged into this. for Like, this is why this is such a crazy story too, is that it happened during the pandemic. Like, had this not been when everybody was home from work, like this dude, Keith, might not have caught this, but he was basically like, I think these investors are wrong. Like GameStop's not doing great. Like they're a brick and mortar selling video games, but they're not like going bankrupt. So I think these big Wall Street guys are making a mistake and we can kind of stick it to them. So basically then all these people, because of this dude, bought the stock, which kept the price from going down and it drove them up. It drove the prices up. And if you bought low, everyone's making a bunch of money. Totally. Yep. So, because it's going to get to a point where those investors, those original people that borrowed, do have to pay them back. And if they get the price high enough, they're going to have to buy them back from them. And that's how they make the money. Mm-hmm. And it turned to this whole movement where it's like, we're just got to keep holding. And it became, and they do a good job about this in the movie too, to the point where it's not even about the money. At least that's the tone for part of the movie. And then people lose their money. It's like, well, maybe it was kind of about the money. Right. But they're like, it's not about it. It's about sticking it to these people who are clearly not playing by the rules. There's a great monologue. I can't think of who does it. Oh, it's it's got to be Keith Gill, where he's like in his um, – towards the end of the movie, he gives a speech about how this is what Wall Street was supposed to be. If you paid attention, you got a little lucky, you could make your fortune. And if that's – maybe that's what Wall Street was back in the day, but it's certainly not that now. 
And it's this really like sobering moment about kind of the state of affairs of, of the financial world we live in in America, mm-hmm. probably elsewhere as well. Anyways, I think that's it. That's is yeah. that what you asked me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's basically what happened. That's the gist. Yeah, and it didn't had nothing to do with GameStop in particular. It wasn't like hey, all these like it wasn't like the financial people like all these video game nerds are dumb. No. It's it was just a, a very sterile like this company's not doing great. No one's gonna notice. We do it all the time, so mm-hmm. let's short it, make a quick buck. Yeah, and I think there was a bit of nostalgia involved, especially when it got to the Reddit community, Wall oh, Street yeah. bets, and you don't mess with GameStop, dude. No. Yeah, that's like that's the other thing. It could have been like J.C. Penney, but nobody would have cared. Yeah, that's like GameStop and Cats. You mess with the nerds. Those are things totally you, know. you don't f with on yeah. the internet. I mm-hmm. agree. So there was that, and then well, yeah. Once it hit Wall Street bets, like I I was following Wall Street bets when nice. that happened. Yeah, and, yeah. It's a crazy story. Like so many things had to line up mm-hmm. for it to have happened. It's just yeah. wild. It, it is, and GameStop was a great figurehead, and it made headlines every major news network. Yes, everywhere. And I love that they use some of that footage. Yeah. Sometimes that feels cheesy to me in movies, but here it was like, no, this is great because maybe it's so recent. It was like, no, this is awesome. Yeah. Like there's CNN ticker tape going across saying this, mm-hmm. and you and I remember it, and oh, then yeah. now it's on screen. Yeah, kind of cool. It, it was a fun time. I think this. It was a fun time to pay attention to all that because we were all at home. Totally, we did have the time, and I think part of that is maybe what made this movie lose its luster for me. Is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I lived that. Like I was there for that. Like I, maybe I felt like I had already watched this movie. Maybe that could totally be possible. And if that's the case, I feel like it might even get better with age. A little totally, bit. watch like, this in ten years or totally. Something. Um, well, that's all I got before we need to spoil anything as far as I'm concerned. Do you have anything else? I'm good if you are. Okay, then people on the radio, I'll remind you once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema on KZFR 90.1 FM. Um, if you or our podcast listeners have thoughts on anything we've discussed on the show today so far, please do get in touch. Again, you can text or call us. Our number is 530-433-0839. You can also, of course, send a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com or or find us on Instagram or Facebook and slide into our DMs there at Fresh Hop Cinema. And when we come back, we'll be discussing dumb money with spoilers. Um, So if you haven't seen it or you were born in the past two years and don't remember it, consider this your last warning because you might not know what happens. And also, how do you download a podcast? And don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with The Danger Zone. Danger Zone. All right, we're here with The Danger Zone. If you're just joining us on the show for the first time, that is our fun way of letting you know that we are going to spoil stuff. Uh, if you're, whoa, you're dodging spoilers, it's because you're in the danger zone. Things are dangerous. That's more or less where the name comes from. Pew, pew, pew. So, um, you know, basically the stock rises and falls. Some people get out, some people don't. That's the gist of what happens historically. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the brother redemption story. Mm. I think that was fun. Yeah. There's a nice callback to a story where Pete Davidson is like, let's set up their dynamic a little bit. Like they're both kind of not doing great in life, you know, yeah. at, at least on paper, kind of. But at least one has a house, and, you know, a family, a, wife, a yeah, job. Played by Shailene Woodley. I think she does a good job too. There's a moment at the end she goes, she goes oh, it's on the radio. I'll bleep myself. She goes, you're a f- Or no, she says, you're a f- gangster. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. That scene made me really happy. Uh, yeah, it's good. like if I was just like, man, that support right there. That's a good. That's mm-hmm. a good partner to have. Because that was like right before he was going in for his. It was not. An it was right after the it, subpoena. It's his, his court hearing. Yeah, his um, his testimony. Testimony. Yeah. Yeah. She says it because he drops the line, and this is such a gangster move. He goes, "I just like the stock," which is like the you know the trendy phrase that caught on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they showed that footage at the end too of the guy actually saying that during his web, mm-hmm. web interview. Yeah. Uh, great. So whatever. Yeah. He's got a housewife, um, and a young child. 
And his brother, Pete Davidson, drives for DoorDash slash gets free meals. Yeah, he's eating a lot of food. <laughs> like, I also, you know, I kind of doubt that uh, Kevin, the brother, Kevin Gill, went on record and was like, this is what I did when I drove for DoorDash. Like, I feel like that was a an embellishment from Pete Davidson, which really paints that guy in a bad light. Yeah. But comically is great. I know. I might be upset unless, like, the movie paid me a lot of money, and then I'd be like, whatever. Yeah, like... Yeah. Who cares? Um, I also, did you ever, were you in a DoorDash during the pandemic? Oh, God, yes. I've never DoorDashed food, but oh. I, because of that, I think that happens. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't, but. I was all about it, that and uh, Instacart, because I was yeah, big yeah. on getting groceries this. delivered. You talked about that on the show. Yeah. When we were doing remote, you were like, you just ordered and Target, and they'll put in the back of your car. Yep. Did that. I did cool. Instacart, where they would just go to Food Max and shop, like, fresh produce groceries. Yeah. It was great. And that was the weird time where I thought I had to, like, wipe everything down. With Clorox wipes, and they're like, totally. Then, like two months later, they're like, just kidding, that wasn't necessary. Weird. I'm glad, you know, like, what if it had been? Yeah, I did it. I did too. Yeah, I was. We had I a was, whole. I was. I was wiping with those. That's gangster. <laughs> that's probably good for you anyway, though. Like, you should just do that. That's not true. Just to keep it, to keep yeah. it crispy. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, no, I've I haven't DoorDashed in a long time because it is kind of a money trap. Yeah, it's it's cheaper and for easier, sure. and um, also, it's enabling. In that you can be as drunk as you want and still just get some food delivered. What a time to be alive. Whereas, like, if you don't have the DoorDash app, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a nice little check. Be like, if you want to go out to dinner, you have to be able to get there. Well, that's nice. I I thought you were going to go the route of cooking. Oh, or, you know, cook. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of drinking all this wine, I should use it as a reduction. Totally. Flambe, maybe. I cook with wine and sometimes I put it in the food. Right. The point of all this is there's a redemption, not a redemption. There's a brother reconciliation arc where they run on a track naked, naked that after his after uh, Kevin has bought Keith mm-hmm. a pair of Nikes yeah. that he had stolen earlier. I also found it hard to believe that he was running a sub five minute mile. Right? I don't know. Like he's clearly into running. But I'm wondering if that's like on record. Like I don't know. Is that a fact? Is that dude? I just, bet you it is. Yeah, he's I, got a big enough internet presence. He could probably verify that. Yeah, for, I'm sure he's on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, that's an impressive mile time. That's crazy. I think my best time ever, and I'm talking when I'm like 17, no bad habits. Six, 15 maybe? Yeah. And that's you boogieing. Moving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's And this guy's live streaming, drinking beers every night. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Right? It's fine. Maybe. But if so, he's a machine. Yeah. And he was in the wrong line of work for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like their parents... Or like the dad, I should mm-hmm. say, because the mom had passed away. No, because that she, the sister had passed away. That's the right. mom was there the whole time. Okay, I couldn't. I kept, she was the lady next to the dad. Yeah, I kept thinking that was. They kept calling them son. That was grandma. <laughs> for some reason, she just looked. <laughs> they looked older. They're they older parents. Older, older yeah, they're older parents. Sure, but like the guy that plays the dad has Who just been guy? in a million things, and you can't name one. No, me neither. He's like, wasn't he a security guard in the Green Mile? Uh, yes, he certainly was. Um, I, no, I'm not sure about that. I bet he was. But yeah, just not super memorable. Definitely like B list. No, he's like that's a guy. But everybody knows him too. So like, I don't know. And he's in a bunch of military movies. I think he's played a general a few times. He's got that way about him. He's got that very sort of somber, serious kind of old school masculinity kind of you know thing. Yeah, but not toxic. But just no, no. Well, if he was a security guard in the Green Mile, I would call him mildly toxic. Maybe. Um, mildly, and I think I think he was in that movie. I think you're right, but I think he was a good guy. Like I think he was a nice. Maybe he was a good guard. Um, let me find out more. When they played bad cop, good cop, he was. What, the was, good cop. what was your issue with the soundtrack here? It felt pandery, just like to who? 
I, a lot of those songs like felt like they were popular after this time period too. Like there was mm. songs on there that were like brand new. Like is that song Savage really that old? Yeah. Is it? We're talking we're talking 2 years. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Okay. I don't know. Especially I, that one in particular they quoted so much. Yeah. Like and it kind of got beat to death. I did think when Anthony Ramos danced it one last time after GameStop, I could have done without. Yeah. Which sucks because I really like him as a dancer, as a singer, as an actor. Right. Uh, I mean, I he was getting it the first time. He was. And it was very funny. The first... Also, when his manager pulled down his mask and yeah. you're like, oh, it's him? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to find his name now, too. Um, the kid from uh, The Cure for Wellness. Yeah. And other stuff, probably. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I like the soundtrack, but it just felt so, like, the opposite of a needle scratch. Yeah. Where it's just like... I think you mean a needle drop. Do you mean a needle drop? What's well, the sound it makes? Well, no. Well, a needle drop is a film term when when you drop in a popular contemporary song into. No, a I was say the opposite of a record scratch. Oh, a record scratch. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be the needle drop. I guess. Right. I guess those things would be opposite. Sure. Because the the need the record scratch is when you, you have the needle when it's and on. the music stops. Sure. Maybe a needle pull would be the opposite. A needle pull sounds like a drug term. Yeah. No, like the record scratch like yeah. the, is not scratching like a DJ, but oh, when it's, it's not the, that? No, and I, the I, music just stops. No, yeah, of course. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like an awkward, like a... I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it felt like the opposite of that, where yes. it's just not much score, not much background music, and then blasting a song. Like, it's like they hit you over the head with it. It wasn't very subtle or nuanced. I agree. It was very clunky and heavy-handed. Yes. Will you allow me to close this loop? Um, the fellow we're talking about is named Clancy Brown. Ah, and I'm just going to go through his filmography, and I'll name some movies he was in. Sweet. Not even all of them. <laughs> he's been like, in so he's many. He's been in a ton of movies. Um, his first big role, though, was Highlander, 1986. He was he was, he was was the Kurgan. He was the, the dude, the, yeah. the bad guy. Um, he was also in, uh, let's, I mean, just scroll in here, Pet Cemetery 2 in 92. He was in Shawshank, which is probably what we're thinking about. Yep. And he was not a good guy. You're right. Um, Starship <laughs> Troopers. He was in Flubber. He was in... Um, he was in... The he, Hurricane. He that voiced... Was good. Um, no, sorry. He was in The Guardian, which is a movie from 2006. He was in a film called The Burrowers. He was in The Informant with Matt Damon. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake in 2010. He was in Cowboys and Aliens the following year. He was in um, uh, he was in other stuff. He's been in so much. I mean, we're talking at least 2013, he was in seven movies. Has he been the main character since? He wasn't even the main character in no, Highlander. He, um, no, I'm going to say probably not. Um, he was in Hail Caesar, which is a Coen Brothers film in 2016. Oh yeah, he was in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He was in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Nice, another Coen. Uh, I believe that was just Joel Cohen, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Promising Young Woman, 2020. Uh, he was in John Wick Four, which is probably most recent prior to this. Uh, I mean, he's been in he's been in I don't know 50 movies. Yeah, that's wild. He's yeah, like good, he's eating good when it comes to acting. He stays working. He stays working. But we don't know his name. His name's Clancy Brown. We didn't know his name. No, we didn't. I'm going to ask you that guy's but name we next Clancy week. Clancy Brown, everybody. Don't forget. Yeah, Google him. Watch Highlander. Um, okay. I think because we've rambled on about Clancy Brown a little bit and sort of surmised, not surmised, we've told everybody what has happened in this film. Is there anything else you want to mention in, in the maybe two minutes that we have before we move on to beer number two? Hmm. Nothing's really standing out, man. You? Um... Not really. Um, no, not really. I thought Sebastian Stan as Vlad, the founder of Robin Hood, was a weird move, a weird yeah. casting choice. Did you delete Robin Hood after this? Uh, this is the last thing I want to talk about. So I had 
about 6,000 Dogecoins. That's what I was into at the time. And the moment the credits rolled, I opened up my Robinhood app and I stared wistfully down at the screen, the screen blaring back into my eyes in the dark theater. And I was looking at that and I've lost maybe a thousand dollars. I was like 500 bucks in there. And I go, because the whole, the movie like pinnacles with like people hovering over buy or sell. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I was like, I want to participate. I want to pull up the buy or sell. So I did. And I pulled up like sell $400 and I just was looking at it. And I decided not to. So I closed the app and I have a newer iPhone. So you swipe up to, to close an app. Ironically, you also swipe up to execute an order. So I accidentally sold them. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and I had mixed feelings. So I was like, no, I decided I didn't want to do it. Um, cause you know, 400 bucks, I, you know, like what if, what if, you know, that's the, that's the mentality here. like, what yeah. if it goes up? Um, did you buy them back? No, I didn't buy them back. I didn't, you but didn't. I still got like, you know, if they, if they ever hit, like I've still got, you know, probably like 1500 of them. Okay. So who knows? That was my, that was my, my big thing at the end of the movie though. Hmm. So thanks for asking. Yeah. I was curious about that. I bet a lot of people did after that went down. Well, so that was my thought. I was like, maybe, maybe people are going to buy it now. Yeah. By the way, GameStop is down about fifteen bucks mm. from an all-time high of like uh, one no no no, no. F- four something. Oh wow! Yeah, it yeah, shot right. up. Yeah, okay. yeah, because after Robinhood told people they couldn't buy it, dude, I wasn't even aware of that. Was me happening. either? Like they froze the stock. That's crazy. You could we didn't only even talk about sell that. it. But yes. Yeah. That's so shady. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Scumbags. Yeah, that was not good. That's why. That was why I did it as well. I was like, I need to like. Maybe I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Right. I was like, you know, I'm going to keep my money because I'm greedy as well. Where else can you put your Dogecoin though? Uh, you could get another digital. Wallet. There's another great one called. Um, oh, I wish I could plug it. Right. Where's my stupid phone? It's not Acorns. No, no, Acorns is an investing thing. For yeah, there's like a crypto wallet app you can use. Yep, I've been out of the game for a while, man. You got to get talk to you about your cryptos, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we gotta, get, go we gotta get another beer. You ready? Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. All right, beer number two is on the table. Lateral A Bold IPA from Single Hill again out of Yakima, Washington. Johnny, give me the facts off of the notes, then the facts off the can. So again, it's from Single Hill Brewing out of Yakima, Washington. It's an IPA. It's a bold IPA. Bold. Be bold. What, what kind of IPA does that mean? I'm, I'm assuming sure. West Coast. It looks maybe, West Coast. Maybe they'll say more about it in the description. Possibly. Um, do you want the description from the can? Yeah, I think the one that I have in the notes is just from um, from Untapped, which says a delicious daydream of tangerine and orange creamsicle, experimental hop flavor. Lateral A Road leads to the heart of the Yakima Valley's hop growing region. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So from the can, we read: Back in 2020, we set out with our friends at Zeke's Pizza and Sip Magazine to brew a one-off IPA that showcased the innovative flavors of new hops growing in the Yakima Valley. Brewed with HBC 586 and HBC 692, Lateral A was born. Just as HBC 692 became Talus, Lateral A has become a year-round favorite. Made in collaboration with Zeke's Pizza and Sid What was that word? Talus? Yes. T-A-L-U-S. Do you know what that means? Um... It feels like Greek goddish, like Talon. I knew or... it wasn't what I thought it was, which is a bone in the foot. So, oh, you know the talus. It's, I knew it was a connected bone. to the hypothalamus. Yeah. Sure, that's not true. <laughs> um, but okay, maybe maybe if we still have any Yakima people or maybe Single Hill people listening, they can tell us what that means. Maybe that'd be great. Yeah. Um, on the can is it's a bit of a reflective hop field, uh, and that's pretty much it. It says it says all the stuff that Johnny just read, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. It looks a lot like the Yakima Valley when I drove through a couple weeks ago. Are you thinking of Talos from Skyrim? I don't know what that means. 
So no. You played Skyrim. You had GameStop? No, I don't know. I've mm-hmm. never played Skyrim. You've never played. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's a problem for me. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter now. Yeah, but, it's fine. Uh I played the intro. <laughs> as much as you love Borderlands, I cannot believe that you don't love Skyrim. Vibe is different. Yeah, but they, what you should say is as much as you love Lord of the Rings or as much as you love the Wheel of Time, well, surprised you don't love Skyrim. I agree. It's weird. I'm not sure. All right. We'll have to work on that. Yeah. I don't mix fantasy and uh, pleasure playing games, I guess. I guess I like to watch the fantasy. I like to live the, or rather play the sort of so outer space bandit kind of. So you're just saying you don't want your hands involved in your fantasy pleasure. Exactly. I'll okay. leave that just to my eyes. It makes sense. You get me. So let's talk beer, man. Uh, it's in our glasses. It looks, at least from here, quite a bit less ha- less hazy than our first beer. I'm guessing it's more up your alley, and you've just tried it, so I'd love to get your initial thoughts. Hmm. It's, it's hitting me. It's, it's, it's sinking in. It's washing over you? Okay, it's bright. Very citrus forward. Good. Bright, but kind of soft hoppiness, not super sharp. Oh, not, not abrasive yeah. at all. Yeah, a very just soft. It's aggress. It's like a kind aggression. Sure. It's like when you hug someone super hard, but because you love them so much, because they've gone through something tough. Or yeah, I got you. Well, I was thinking more happy, but yeah. oh, okay, that's fine too. Yeah, you, just haven't like seen, a, you haven't seen your best friend in a whole just year. Hug them, lift them off the yeah. ground. It's that aggressive. Mm-hmm. Nice. Love. Aggressive love. Have you, uh, I know your glass was a little bit fuller than mine, but take a smell of that because you get that creamsicle that they described really, really intensely right on the end there. Mm-hmm. That's really nice yeah. smell. I haven't tasted it yet, but um, I'm I'm really excited to try it. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the sort of aggressive love you you describe so affectionately. Yeah. It's just got a very unique level of like aggressively soft bitterness. That's the best way I can describe it. It's there, it's present, it's up front, but I wouldn't describe it as punchy or in your face like I describe I describe a lot of of hop yeah. presences. It is it is more understated, but in a in a really kind of graceful way. It's yes. I there's a I don't know why this is my analogy, but there's a closet next to you that I have blanketed with the soundproofing blanket, and it's almost as if you'd be the equivalent is like if we were hearing each other through that wall saying really lovely things to each other about our taste in movies or beer, but it's just a little muted. It's a little softer. It's a little less punchy, um, but none the less heartfelt. Yeah. The, I agree on my first taste. Totally. My like, this beer has like no sharp edges. No, which is weird because, again, there is that aspect there that, at least in most of my IPA and in general beer drinking experiences, would associate a lot of the flavors I have in this beer with the textural is not the right word, but it's the closest I can come up with textural experiences. There, there should be some sharpness there. And again, textural is not right. But if I were to ask you, Johnny, if, if, if a lemon is, is dull or sharp, what would you say? It's sharp. It's sharp. Yeah, of course it is. That's what I mean. It's this there's be- this beer gives velvety vibes. Totally. And of course that we're not talking about the texture, but the, the, the experience with it. Yeah. In the same way that a lemon is sharp and yeah. perhaps um, chocolate is but, yeah. dull. Beverages can be or like soft. Yes. Yeah. And also it helps that the carbonation isn't very abrasive. It's a it's a gentle bubble. It's also in the sweet spot ABV wise of seven percent that I think makes it or or rather would give it the ability to skew one way or the other. And it seems very deliberate, at least from what you and I just experienced with the first beer and what I recall from having their other beers, they seem to want to toe that line a very even keel. Chill. Very, very chill. Very just easy drinking beer for for a couple of easy drinking fellows like me and you. 
I'm into it. It's uh, really good. Do you like it more or less than the first beer? Way more. Way more? Way more. You don't have a lot of room to go up, my man, in your ratings. Way more. Okay. I love this beer. Is there anything you don't like about the beer? <sighs> you know, stylistically, I look for that punch. Mm-hmm. So it, it is weird for me to enjoy a beer so much that doesn't have that. Yeah. I think just a little bit more defined characteristics. I like my beers with a little more personality. Sure. You know, this this is wearing khakis. But it's got fun socks. It's got a 401k right? as well. Right. But it's got like, it's got like a Looney Tunes yeah. tie. Like it's having a good time. Yes. It knows how to party. Um but it, yeah, it doesn't have that big bold personality, but sometimes you're in the mood for that. You want an IPA that gives you that hoppiness without the you know, this wouldn't wreck your palate. I think this would pair really well with a lot of different foods. I think having that softness on the drinking experience would lend itself to pairing with maybe even some gentler foods like some some pastas, mm-hmm. I would think. Mm-hmm. You could, yeah. So I love it for that. Um, Negatives-wise, it's just, it, like I said, it's not punchy. It doesn't have quite mm-hmm. the pop, the personality, so it's not going to be a 10 for me. But I do love it. It is very, very good. I'm super impressed. Everything you just said is exactly right. Um, I know. <laughs> let me rephrase. Everything you just said resonates true to me as well. Totally. And the only thing I might say doesn't hit exactly right is a tiny bit of sweetness I get on the back burner. Okay. I don't. It's just the first time I've tasted it was just now. Mm. That might be a temperature thing too. I don't think so. Okay. It's. I mean, I'm still well in the realm of coldness here. Uh I really do like it, though. It's very good. Also, to clear up one thing, when you read what you read off the can, you said before HBC something became mm-hmm. Talus. I heard Talus as an adjective. Like, before it became, you know. Oh. And it's not. What no, it was saying, the name of the hop. It's the name of the yeah. hop that that experimental hop became. It's called Talus. T-A-L-U-S. Yep. Which is a bone in the foot for any trivia people who are going to a trivia that is anatomically themed. It's good go. to know. I really like it, man. It's not a 10 for me, either. I actually... I, I almost like it slightly less than, than the hazy pale we had at the top of the show. I think that's a style thing. It might it's be. personal preference at this point. Yeah. I If I'm going to drink a fairly West Coast IPA, a fairly straightforward West Coast IPA, I do agree with you. I want it to be a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. I, I can't quite think of a better word. Maybe a little more domineering, perhaps. And this isn't quite that, which in no way makes it unenjoyable. It's just a little bit... A little bit underwhelming, mm-hmm. but I do really like it. This is a beer I would I would sit at their brew pub and probably order three of and be quite pleased. Sure, this is your this would be your go to beer. Yeah, at their place, absolutely. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Do you want to give Lateral A a score out of ten? Yes, I do. Please. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good score. I'm I'm right. Well, let me go first because mine's gonna be good as well. But I think yours is gonna be better. It's gonna be a good score. Mine's an eight. Yeah, I think it's really good. It's, it's a really good beer. I'd love to drink it again. And and I'm gonna give one more final shout out here to Shelby and everybody at Single Hill for for hooking us up with this. This is um, this has been a great experience. First time on the show, so I'm stoked. Shelby, great guy. Never met him. Do you think Shelby's a boy's name, or is that your joke? I don't know. I was. That makes sense to me. That's a girl's name. It could be either. No. No, it can't. I didn't assume Shelby's gender. You did. My you bad. said Shelby's a guy. I guess I did. And you uh... assumed in the <laughs> dumbest way you could have. <laughs> no, I did. What man um, do you... There's Thomas Shelby yeah, from, from that's probably Ford versus thinking. Ferrari. Excuse me? Is that not the movie? No, it's from Peaky Blinders. Oh, you're right. There's another Carol. Shelby. Carol. Carol Shelby. Yeah. Who's that? 
Is that Peaky Blinders as well? No, that's the dude from Ford versus Ferrari. No, it's not. Carol? That's a girl's name. Google it. Are you kidding me? Google it. All right, you're telling just to get the facts straight, you're telling me that you mistook a girl who who I clearly was just talking about named Shelby. And I said, that's clearly a woman's name. And you countered <laughs> with a man with the last name Shelby, but also a woman's first name? Yeah. Named Carol? <laughs> yeah. Which is even more of a girl's name than Shelby? I admit the logic was not sound. No, the logic is it's infallible. I can't, I mean, I don't know how you thought of that. Well, Shelby, I appreciate you. Never okay. met you. Great, great, great gal. And you're right. That is Carol Shelby. I know. Okay. Johnny, lateral A, single hill, out of 10. Uh, it's tremendous. I love it. Uh, I think the cleanliness with which it drinks is world-class. I'm going to say this is a world-class IPA. I agree. 9.3. 9. One of the better 3. beers I've had this year. What a terrific score. What a great way to bookend, bookend our beer discussion today, I think. Um, I'm even more regretful. I don't have another can of this for you, but maybe we can make that happen in the future. Uh, I could probably go back up that way. I, I don't know. Let's say springtime probably is when I will do that. And um, I'll, I'll promise this to you now, Johnny. Even if I don't play there again, I will get you beers. And tell Shelby I said, what's up? You got it, buddy. Um, all right. Let's move into Hot and Bother, unless you have anything else. I do not. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered, podcast listeners. Just just us here now. Just uh, all, those, all those radio people who have been left in radio land with all their commercial breaks and their daytime entertainment hours, unless, uh, of course, you have come over from the radio, then welcome. You've made a good choice. Um, and, and thanks for joining us. Hot and Bothered is the part of the show where we catch up on our weeks and maybe give you some fun recommendations or give each other recommendations on beers or movies or shows or generally things of mixed media, um, sometimes books, sometimes audiobooks. I'm stalling because you're on your phone. I assume you're looking something up. Yep. So also maybe puzzles, board games, um, Eight tracks, CDs, vinyl. I just got a new record that I'll tell you about when my turn. Maybe it's my turn now. Maybe that's a smart way to play Go this. Go for it. All right. I got a new record. When I was on tour, I saw a singer-songwriter named Andrew Duhon, who um, I'm coincidentally a fan of. I stumbled upon his music a couple years ago. Uh, he's a fantastic songwriter from New Orleans, and uh, I've listened to his record in the moorings many a time. And I saw him in Bend at the Volcanic Theater Pub. That's cool. Yeah. Um, hung out after the show, got to meet him and, and his bandmates. Was that planned or happenstance? It was happenstance, pretty much. I had the night off, and it was either staying an extra day in Portland or coming to Bend, because I had to play in Bend the next day. Um, so we decided Bend. That way we wouldn't have to, because I ended up driving home after my show the next night to Chico, mm. which was a little brutal. So I figured, why do extra driving in the same day? So we drove to Bend the night before, then then Chico that night. Um, the night of my show. But the night before, we saw Andrew Duhon. Nice. Um, it was a great show. Bought a couple of his CDs and then bought uh, a vinyl of that album that I mentioned, The Moorings. It's uh, very good. I haven't played the vinyl itself yet. I've only been home a couple days. But that was great. So that's one type of media I wanted to mention in Hot and Bothered. And you it. seem quite settled now with your phone. I do. And what do you have for me? I have a couple things. I watched, rewatched a movie mm -hmm. called Fury. Yes, have you seen this movie? Shia LaBeouf, Brad Pitt, John Bernthal. Yeah. Another person Another who I don't person. recall. And I couldn't tell you the director, unfortunately. It was David Ayer. Oh, okay. Sure. 1940s World War II sort of tank drama. Mm-hmm. Um, very intense. Super intense. Very intense. Did yeah. I say Brad Pitt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stacked cast. Uh, yeah. Rewatched that. Was just kind of in the mood for like a high stakes life or death kind of drama. That'll do it. And that'll do it. Yeah. 
and it made a couple like Instagram movie pages I follow on their like weekly watch list. It just got added. Their program is working on you, man. Uh, it just got added. Yeah, they they're like us. They're a filter of like things that have been re released to yeah. streaming or things yeah. that have just. They do a couple things where it's like every beginning of month. It's like this is everything getting released on streaming on every platform. I, that's super helpful. It's, There's I think Vulture does one of those too. Yeah, they it helps me curate my watching so totally. much, yeah. and like that should be on my radar. I gotta gotta check it out. Um, so rewatch that. How what about, year did this movie come out? 2014. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. So that was fun. If you've never seen that, it was super intense, very mm-hmm. visceral. Tank warfare is no joke. Oh, yeah. Uh, not a happy film. Most most die yes. by the end? Uh, and Brad Pitt's like the first one to make that stand, right? He's like, yep. we're just doing this. Mm-hmm. There's an interview with Shia LaBeouf talking about the production of this movie. And I think he's talking about John Bernthal being very like method about the whole thing. Like, oh god, like, fucking sleeping in the tank, like or like something weird like that. That'd be wild because his character was pretty outlandish. Yeah, yeah. He John was... Bernthal uh, gives the impression of somebody who, in real life, is kind of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf on screen, at least in those days, gave the impression of somebody who's very stable in real life. Mm-hmm. Ironically, it's the opposite, <laughs> right? Uh, and double ironically, there's a. A podcast episode of John Bernthal's, I've, I've, which I can't think of the name of the show. Yeah, I don't either. But, but with Shia, yes, yeah, great episode. After a pretty uh, disturbing series of events um, committed by Shia LaBeouf, I think there was—I don't actually know the details, but I'm pretty sure it was like a domestic violence situation, mm. um, which he's been a part of a couple of those. He's—he's a—it's happened a few times. Mm. Uh, which is always pretty upsetting. Yeah, but it's a good discussion between the two of them, and I think they even talk. But maybe that's where I heard the story about John Bernthal being kind of method about this movie is he might have like reminded him of it on the show. That would make sense. The Whatever. Stars. Yeah. That's a. We should find the episode or the uh, at least the name of that podcast because okay. I've heard that episode. It was it was very good. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I revisited that. It was fun. You ever watch a super intense or fucked up movie that to like get you out of your own head? No. You've never done that? No, I no. Okay. That's the short answer. Do you want the long answer? Either way, I want whatever. Answer no, I you watch. Give me. No, I watch like happy, feel good movies to get mm. me out of my own head to like remind me that there's good in the world and like we can all be okay. That's what I do. Yeah, I think my head goes well. At least I'm not in the Holocaust. Or at least I'm not in a tank fighting for my life with yeah. five dudes. No, I know, no losing my hearing. That's a nice reminder, but I I typically enjoy those movies when they have like happy endings. Like, you yeah. know, at least I didn't have to go through that to save my own life. Like, at right. least I still have it. You know me, I'm a big fan of movies where everyone dies at the end. I know. It's called The Real Ones, by the way, with John Bernthal. Okay, yeah, great show. Um, good, well, so the movie, you'd seen it at least once before? Yeah, I saw it when it came out. Yeah. And then it came across my radar and just wanted to revisit it. Great. Enjoyed it. I think you should watch it. Where did, and what streaming service did you watch it on? Hulu? I actually rented it on Voodoo. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. How much was it? Three bucks? Three dollars. Four bucks, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of our login password to Voodoo the other day. Mm-hmm. So when I had to rent Possessor, I did it on Amazon Prime. You should have just texted me. I um, I, uh, I didn't. You're right. Sorry. I, I we'll almost get you did. logged in before we leave today. Deal. Um, but the rental price was three, uh, $4. Okay. And the purchase price was 5 And I don't think I'm ever going to put myself through Possessor again, but I did buy it. God, I wish you would have bought it on Voodoo. So, right, me too. It was kind of late on like a Sunday night. I don't know. I was... I could have texted you. I was right. a bad religion. I would have been awake. I think the reason I didn't do it is because I couldn't even get to the Voodoo login screen because oh. we had to do like the LG smart TV login. Oh, those are rough. And we'd all been drinking. Yeah. Again, I know I don't have that. So I asked Rob and he was like, I don't know it. So we tried a couple. Um, 
I tried a couple of your accounts before I realized I was. I thought I was on the Voodoo, <laughs> and I was like, none of Johnny's lewd passwords are working. So whatever, it didn't it didn't work? That's what else? Right. Yeah, that's 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 furry. Furry. <laughs> that was furry. Uh, so I'm on that. I want to buy a motorcycle. Shit again. Do you know how to ride a motorcycle? I have ridden a motorcycle in my past. Yes, that's a way of skirting the truth. But okay, sure. Would I feel confident getting on a motorcycle and riding it right now? And not crashing immediately? No. And we took that leap to, I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Does that lack of knowledge make me want to buy a motorcycle any less? It Fuck certainly no. certainly does not. No. How did you get on this? Uh, we started Mayans, which what was the direct sequel to Sons of Anarchy. It's set ah. a few years later. Oh, God. I hoped you were going to say, like, it's set about a few thousand years before. <laughs> and they ride around their little bikes. They've just invented the wheel. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, it's it's you know five or six years probably after the events of the conclusion of Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Same writer, creator, Kurt Sutter. Um, don't know why I never got into this. I think it came out at a time where I was just overly saturated with media mm-hmm. and like just couldn't make time. Watched the first few episodes, never committed to it. Finally revisited it, and just I don't remember how it came up. It was never. It wasn't something I heard somebody talking about. I think it just came up in my suggested on Hulu, uh-huh. and I like. You should watch this. And I was like, you know what? You said, yes, algorithm. I should. Teach me how to live. You know, sometimes computers have good ideas. That's true. I'll take it. Um, been super into it. We have gotten, we're on season three, episode six. Can I just say, again, I'm going to ask you this on on the record now. Yeah. When we sat down with Chris Gomez, yeah. you said I didn't rewatch Possessor. Correct. Because I didn't have enough time. Yep. And you watched how many? Of this show? Season three, episode three six. Three seasons. Yeah. Okay, buddy. How long are those episodes, out of curiosity? TV, TV hours. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I pulled you aside and said, man, I forgot. I was real with you, and I'll keep it real. I straight up forgot. Okay, well, that's fair. I send these reminder texts. I don't know why I bother. The Last night time... before. Well, that's a good point. I guess I can give a little more heads up. No. But that one was actually for Chris, because no. he forgot last I time. I shouldn't need a reminder. I'm a fucking professional. That's also true so. that every, you know, you know. <sighs> I'm also a piece of shit. So yeah, I could use the help, all right? <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyways, yeah, I didn't and I feel bad, but I still had fun talking about Possessor. Yeah. I still I, love that movie. It must have been nice being reminded of the movie. It was. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about yeah, all this. It's like you're yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was great. I got I I got to play the audience control group. I noticed that when we were recapping the movie, you never jumped in. <laughs> you never said a word. Shh. It's the longest you've ever not spoken. I the was show. just, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd occasionally be like, mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Hundred percent. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. I was a piece. Yeah, I was. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah. It's fine. Sometimes you have to mail it in. I get it. I apologized. Um. Okay. You keep, good show. I enjoy watching it. Mayans. If you like Sons of Anarchy, you'll love it. Okay. It's it's a soap opera with motorcycles and violence. So, are you going to get a motorcycle? I'm poor right now. Sure. So, unless Fresh Hop Cinema is going to fund a Harley Davidson, I'm for not going to fund your death. Probably not. That's like the other main reason. Like, I'm pretty sure it would just kill me. Like, I would die. You should start, my brother, on a moped. Get the fuck out of Can here. Can you imagine us mobbing around town on Fresh Hop Cinemopeds? It's never going to happen. Fresh Hop Cinemopeds? We could put that on the bumper. It's never going to happen. Why is that? I'm not spending money on a moped. What if I buy you a moped? I'll ride it. Cool. Like can you like we take Obviously, our, we right. take our coasters around town, give those to our bars, and we just <laughs> we could have the same moped. We could do a dumb number style. Nope, that's <laughs> definitely not happening. Um, if you get a sidecar for your moped, God, is that a thing? It's a thing. It is a thing. I've looked into it. It's like two thousand bucks to put one on my moped. Oof, you could just more buy another moped. moped for that. Yeah, exactly. That's wild. All right. No, 
But if you buy us mopeds, I'd still have to get a motorcycle license. Yes. Do you even have to shift a no, moped? No, that's why I was saying you should start with a moped because yeah. you could at least get the balance figured out and like you yeah. feel confident like turn like cornering and like yeah. braking and stuff. Cause and it's... then take a step up to like learn how to shift. Yeah. So I finished the Wheel of Time season two. Dope. And I'm I'm just gonna drop in really quick here that I think people should watch it. And I I, I kind of chimed in after a couple episodes. I mentioned that the first few episodes of season two are quite a bit better at least production value-wise, than the entirety of season one. By the end of the eighth episode, which is the finale of season two, it has fully caught, I think, its fantasy legs under it. It's, it's really, really found its tone. I think the balance it's chosen to struck between violence and storytelling is something that gives it a very promising future, maybe even more so than something like Game of Thrones, which I feel certainly in its early days, prioritized shock value, be it via uh, nudity, sex, or gore, over the story to some extent. The Wheel of Time seems to have no interest in doing that. Near as I can tell, they don't care if anybody watches. This seems as true to a story without pandering to the lowest common denominator of viewer that I have seen in a fantasy show possibly ever. That's Those are beautiful words. Thanks. Those words make me very happy. I really think you should check it out. I'm on it. Um, I love the first season. Then for, you're going to love the second like season. For all of its problems, yes. it was a legit high fantasy yep. series, and it was true to genre and yes. true to the real fans of that genre, and it sounds mm-hmm. like it's only gotten better. Yeah. I'm, I'm st- so I'm sitting, if I'm looking at the TV, then I've got a bookcase next to it, and I keep looking at the Wheel of Time. I've got it right there. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read it in probably 15 years. I read it in like high school or, yeah. or maybe even in middle school. When I had no business like comprehending that stuff, you, you read the Wheel of Time in middle school. I did, man. I had a very advanced reading level. That's believe it or so not, like, I, I like crushed. Book Why fair. would I not believe that? You're smart as shit. I appreciate that. Yeah. Not every smart person's good at reading. I would argue that a lot of smart people are terrible at scholastic stuff. That's true. Um, but reading was my thing. Like I, I read a ton of books in in elementary school, middle school. Like I was consistently like above my grade level reading ability. So I thought, yeah, I'll read it. You know, a fourteen book series that has fifteen hundred pages per book. I never got through the series, but. Um, cause I found friends later in school, but yeah. at the time I got through like the first eight and, um, point is I keep looking, I was like, maybe I'll start the wheel of time again. And I probably won't cause I'm trying to be a little bit more restrained about like, I've got like three books that I'm reading right now and I just want to finish a book. You, what books are you reading? I'm reading, um, I'm rereading a book called the lies of Locke Lamora. It's a, it's like an espionage. Like it's, it's almost as if you combined the born. I didn't know that's not right. It's like combining, yeah, that's fine. The Born Identity with Assassin's Creed and like, um, there's probably one more movie I could reference if I really thought about it. But basically, you follow this pickpocket who's like an expert master of disguise and thief. And um, there's a, obviously like a higher plot about like, uh, I think the first book's mostly about the inner workings of this large city. And there's magic and there's like these corrupted officials that need to go down, you know, and there's there's like a team and there's all sorts of people you meet along the way and many adventures within the adventure. It's very good. It's a pretty easy read. Um, and I can't think of the author. It's um, Scott something. Scott Scott Lynch. I think it's Scott Lynch. Okay. Very good. I'm that all, sounds cool. Yeah, there's a couple others. I won't, I won't do it now, but there's uh-huh. a few others. Next week, I want to hear about another book. I love talking about books. Sure. And I'm always down for book suggestions. I also take that book, like I took the book on tour, mm. didn't open it once. Like I should have known. Like I was too busy. Like it makes you feel good to pack a book, though. It does. Um, so, anyways, that's that's my thoughts. The, the Wheel of Time. I think check it out. Um, all the episodes are available now on Amazon Prime, uh, and that's where I'm at for stuff this week. 
Brad, I'm yeah. stoked to watch that. Um, we're probably going to finish Mayans way f- faster than we should. Yeah. So I'm going to watch the movie for next week. Sure. Good <laughs> I'm going to watch sure. um, Wheel of Time. Did we say? I don't think we did, did no. we? Let's tell them what we're watching, what we're drinking. Let's get out of here. Man, we missed all of our radio stuff for the uh, for our radio. Like, are you, Why didn't we say that? <coughs> it's all written right here. Because we're dumb. I'll just read it now. Next week, we'll be covering Killers of the Flower Moon. It's uh, Martin Scorsese's latest uh, it hits theaters this weekend. We'll be drinking beers that Johnny uh, has picked up from SNS, I believe, from Cellar Maker out of San Francisco. Uh, the first one's Highway to the Banker Zone. It's a double IPA. And we're also drinking one of Johnny's f- favorite beers of all time. Fact. Uh, coffee and cigarettes. It's a smo- It's a lightly smoked. It's also one of my favorite breakfasts. Coffee porter. Johnny Tuck. No, coffee and cigarettes. I know that. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was finishing my sentence. Oh. A lightly smoked coffee porter. Yeah. Um, you can skip your part. doesn't matter because that's specifically to our radio listeners. Sweet. Um, which, sorry for that, I guess. We're good at this. Any of y'all came over. Um, I guess the end of show notes are that the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Um, check out the handlebar if you want a good deal on beer. If you're more like, hey, I want to pay full price for a bad selection, you can go somewhere else. But if you want a good price on a great selection, we say handlebar. We also say if you want um, to feel good about a great selection of podcast episodes, you can go to Patreon. That helps us keep the show rolling. You can give us a few bucks a month, and we keep doing the thing that we do. And that's all the pandering I've got in me. So my name's Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. Thanks for your patience. We forgot how to finish a podcast, but we're going to do it now. No, hang on. We forgot how to finish a radio show. That's true. We've never forgotten how to finish a This is Fresh Hop Cinema.